weaving the threads of art, culture, and history. David Swatling creates an oral tapestry. You know, I wonder sometimes, Di, looking up in the sky about,、uh, well, you know, life on other planets and that. Oh yes, there is. I got a book about it. Little green men with pointed heads. There. Oh, don't be daft, Di. No, it's true. They come over in flying saucers. When they land, they look like petrol pumps and say, "Take me to your leader." <laughs> Never. Yes, I seen one. There's a lot about nowadays. Look, there's one now. Hello, my name is Omnik Onik. I come from the planet that you know as Venus. I would like to give you a Venusian greeting. Which means may the universal love and blessings be. Amul Abaktu Barakabashad. I've always believed that extraterrestrial beings were the stuff of science fiction novels, movies, and television programs. But it seems that as we get closer to the year 2000, more and more "quote unquote" evidence. Is being unearthed that aliens might be a reality. So when I heard that a Venusian named Omnik Onik was visiting Holland for the first time, this was an interview opportunity I could not pass up. But first, I went straight to the Encyclopedia Britannica to get some facts. Venus, second major planet from the Sun. Named after the Roman goddess of love and beauty, it is, after the moon, the most brilliant natural object in the night sky. Venus comes closest to the Earth than any other planet, and is a near twin in size and mass. The two planets, however, bear little resemblance in other aspects. Venus is completely enveloped by a thick layer of clouds consisting chiefly of droplets of sulfuric acid, and the atmosphere is more than 96% carbon dioxide. The dense atmosphere, together with thick cloud cover, traps incoming solar energy so efficiently that Venus has a surface temperature of about 460 degrees centigrade. But according to Omnik Onik, Venus, as we know it, used to be a very different planet. We have a different name for it. If you translate it from our language into what you could understand, it would be kind of like Titania. And、uh, this is a very ancient name for the planet、uh, because of its strength and, and brightness. I kind of compare it to your titanium, you know, if, if you want to relate it to that. Yes, this was a, a planet at one time that had physical structured societies, and、uh, now these same、uh, beings have advanced to the point where that they actually exist on a, a parallel dimension to the physical. This parallel dimension is called the astral, from the Latin word meaning star. It's an ethereal existence, or what we might call a spirit state, which is not hard to imagine when you meet Omnik, a petite woman with platinum blonde hair and an otherworldly demeanor. One of the cities that we preserved on the astral and on the physical level is called the city of Verres. And at one time, when we were a physical society, it was the capital of our planet. Now it serves as a spiritual city. And a crossover between the astral and physical, so that we may manifest the physical body and work and live in your societies. 
When they decided that they needed to bring a child into the physical environment of Earth to grow up and understand the consciousness, they decided that I was the child that they would ask. The decision was made and I manifested my physical body and was brought via a spaceship to the planet Earth. I was first in a huge mothership and then a smaller ship. The smaller ship brought me to a monastery in Tibet where I stayed and lived for a year. Here I adjusted to the gravity, learned about your environment, and learned to maintain a physical body. Did you have difficulty adapting when you first came? Oh, naturally. Well, you know, when you live in a dimension where you really don't have a physical structure, a body, and then you manifest a physical body, it's kind of like being trapped in a, a, a suit of armor. You feel very limited in your movements, and your vision is uh, also, it's, you don't have peripheral vision anymore, because if you want to look in different directions, of course, you have to move the whole body. Um, you have to learn about the biological functions, sleeping, eating, uh, taking care of the body. Then you have to learn to, to learn language for communication. And uh, yeah, it's very difficult kind of adjustment to make. After her year of adjustment in Tibet, Omnik was relocated to the southern part of the United States where, as a seven-year-old child, she was placed with a poor family whose own daughter had been killed in a bus accident. Omnik grew up as an earthling named Shirley, married and moved to Chicago where she raised three children of her own. But never losing the knowledge of her true Venusian background, in 1990 she wrote and published her autobiography, from Venus I Came, which included the lost history of Earth from its origins as a lowly comet to the introduction of human life. Forget Adam and Eve or Charles Darwin and evolution, Omnic Onik explained where we really came from. Yes, all of the human beings uh, that exist on your Earth planet now actually migrated here uh, millions of years ago from other galaxies. And there were several different races of uh, beings that came here, and uh, they settled or colonized uh, Jupiter, Saturn, Mars, and Venus, the black race being from Jupiter, uh, the red race Saturn, uh, the yellow race Mars, and what you would call the white race from Venus. Before the Earth was actually a planet, uh, they were thriving physical societies, like sort of what you understand, a little different. They were the original races that were brought to your planet of human beings. And this is when the planet was very young. Now, about how long are we talking about here? Well, we don't have a concept of time because uh, this is a man-made concept. And uh, to us, time doesn't really exist. Your soul, just the essence of, your, of yourself, could be millions of years old. And uh, it's hard to, for you to conceive how old uh, the Earth really is. You know, you're, you're saying now we're going into the year 2000. And that's kind of strange for us because we realize that the Earth is much, much older than this. And uh, a lot of the history of your planet has been lost in your wars and destructive things that have happened here. You certainly don't have a concept that your ancestors came from other galaxies and that, in, in fact, people are really universal beings rather than just from one small planet. And uh, this sort of broadens the perspective a little bit of uh, how much of your history and your information has been lost. In terms of our lost history, the Earth was settled before it was settled by human beings. Did I understand that correctly? 
Um, yes, before people actually resided on the planet, because the planet only had mineral and plant life, and of course a lot of water. It was an unusual planet in this way because it did have large bodies of water. It was inhabited first by a very aggressive race of reptoid beings, uh, reptilian kind of beings. They walked on two legs, they were intelligent, but they had this aggressive warring kind of nature, even with each other, you know. And uh, they first settled on, on the earth and then they got into wars over different areas that they wanted to uh, control. And after these wars developed, uh, the ones that were left were affected by the nuclear fallout or the, from the wars and uh, mutated to a different species, which uh, you would uh, now consider as your dinosaurs and things that were left here, these big bumbling creatures, but they had lost their intelligence. And then you have the snakes and you have the different forms that, that came from this of the reptilians. And um, kind of, somehow, the people are kind of repulsed by reptilian uh, you know, species, and it probably reverts back to the fact that they were very aggressive. And through their aggression and their destruction of themselves, this was the form that they were left in, this low form without the intelligence. And then it became that a soul had to inhabit a physical incarnation when you first came into the physical realm, that the soul would have to be a mineral, a plant, an animal, and then finally a human being. And the human being, uh, after this, it was ordained by the spiritual hierarchy that human beings would be the only ones that would have the intellect rather than, than the lower animal uh, stages because this is uh, a process of evolution for soul. Basically, human beings are human beings, and we all have our process of learning, whether it's fast or slow. We all have purposes that we're here for, and you may have to come into an incarnation and become a murderer or do something really horrible, but this is a process for perfection of the soul, to have all these experiences, even though it seems kind of negative, but the negative produces a positive effect, and through your negative experiences, you have this, this learning process that helps you to develop into a more positive person, because you see what, what is wrong with, with going in this direction or that direction, but you still have your free will. It's a very large perspective that I have to introduce, like in my workshops, by taking you on a journey from the beginning when soul was first created down to the physical and then through the whole mineral stage and plant, you know. And it's a long process, and the people sit there kind of horrified, you know, thinking that uh, they were a lowly mineral or a plant and that they weren't always this, this you know, divine human being. It kind of takes away the ego a little, but it puts you on an equal level with all living things and a little bit re more respectful. And this is the, the process that you have to go through as a soul in order to have this respect and this, this understanding of all living things, is to be all these things. Welcome to the journey of soul. Omnic Onyx CD, Message from Venus, includes a guided meditation like she leads in her workshops, but I was more interested in her retelling of ancient history than New Age-style philosophy. Back to the Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. Atlantis, a legendary island in the Atlantic Ocean lying west of the Straits of Gibraltar. The principal sources for the legend are two of Plato's dialogues. Atlantis was said to be a rich island whose powerful princes conquered many Mediterranean islands, the Atlanteans eventually became wicked and imperious, and their island was swallowed up by the sea as a result of earthquakes. The story of Atlantis, if Plato didn't write it, 
may in fact reflect ancient Egyptian records of a volcanic eruption on the Isle of Thera in 1500 BC, one of the most stupendous eruptions of historical times, accompanied by a series of earthquakes that shattered the civilization on Crete. Hmm. Atlantis and Lemura and Mu and the Egyptians and a lot of these societies were some of the first uh, human beings that were brought here from the other planets and colonized the Earth first. These were great societies with uh, people that were very intelligent, but also very spiritually um, and consciously um, progressed to a, a stage that we are hoping is going to happen on the Earth. Um, because they had the ability to communicate with beings that were non-physical in the other dimensions. They would get guidance from the spiritual hierarchy, and uh, they were totally in harmony with evolution and with uh, their life and their world around them. They had a lot of respect. Genetically, they were a lot different because unlike what we have today, they had uh, the ability to mentally communicate with each other, what you would call mental telepathy and the ability to direct energy that flowed through their bodies and uh, they could manifest with their energy and, and direct it for their own benefit, for their own uh, development. So they were very highly evolved people and they had these beautiful societies here in harmony and they built spiritual temples and they had um, crystal structures around the earth that, would, that supported a kind of a water veil that, that enveloped the earth. And this was to control the weather conditions here because of the moon. Uh, one of the moons had been destroyed in a previous uh, intergalactic war, which I talked about the reptilians. So it made uh, the weather conditions on the Earth very adverse and very unstable. And so they developed a system to stabilize the weather, kind of controlling the weather with this shield. And so they were living in, in great harmony with a lot of technical uh, abilities to travel through time different dimensions through the galaxy and they were very much um, I would I would say <laughs> other beings around them were a little bit uh, what would you call it jealous of, of, of what they had and they decided that they wanted to get this technology for themselves and then there was a, a great war as a result of this war Atlantis and the other civilizations actually destroyed themselves because they didn't want this technology in the wrong hands because they was aware that it had to go along with spirituality and, and awareness otherwise it would be misused for destruction which is not the purpose of, of this great uh, technology because with knowledge and awareness comes a lot of responsibility and awareness of what you're doing and being very conscious so this was something that the other beings that weren't quite aware or uh, as spiritual uh, wanted this technology for control and manipulation. So when these wars developed, they sent the children and the women away from the cities and uh, the leaders of the city decided that they would just destroy the cities and all the technology so that it wouldn't be available. And so there was very little remains or any you know, information about it except for the myths and legends um, and the belief that it was a real continent. But there was many of these around the world, and they were all in war with this, uh, these other beings. After that, you read in your Bible about the floods of Noah and uh, the firmaments breaking and all this water coming. Well, this was because the crystal structures were damaged in the war, and it could no longer support these, these veils of water, and there was a great flood all over the earth. Noah's ark was only one of the arks, but there was thousands of these arks built to protect some of all of the civilization so that all of the people wouldn't, wouldn't perish. 
but you only have in the Bible the one recording of it, of Noah's you know, ark from Israel or whatever, wherever it was. So this is where that the, the firmaments uh, that's mentioned in the Bible and the floods come from. But the remainders of the people, that the survivors from these societies, were captured by these uh, invaders, these in people from other uh, star systems, and genetically manipulated for control and uh, manipulation. They genetically um, divided the brain into two separate halves so that the only half that would function would be the one that would function here for your memory, for your communication, but you wouldn't have the ability to remember previous lives. You wouldn't have uh, mental telepathy. You wouldn't have communication with spiritual hierarchies for guidance. And uh, so therefore, they could use you uh, and structure their societies, and the masses of people would be more easily controlled. So you lost a lot of the, these abilities, and uh, this is uh, the reason today that your societies are having so much trouble because they can't spiritually grow and develop because they're very limited. And uh, the mind is no longer used as a creative tool, which it was originally meant for, but more as a means of uh, just feeding information and kind of a control device. Yes, we are definitely in X-Files territory now. According to Omnic, our government leaders already know some of this information and have so-called alien technology, which they're keeping from us for their own insidious purposes. Now, in psychology, delusion is defined as absolute conviction, often preoccupying, that is characterized as idiosyncratic of personal significance to the deluded individual and persistent despite logical absurdity or contradictory evidence. Well, it's interesting to note that Omnic waited until 1990 to make public her Venusian roots. For it's just in the last 10 years or so that Star Trek expanded its voyages in new series and films, or that the X-Files raised alien abduction and governmental conspiracy to new heights of paranoia, while Third Rock from the Sun exploited aliens for farcical situation comedy. So what does a real extraterrestrial think of all these fictional incarnations? I think it's better now than it was in the 50s, because in the 50s it was all horror movies about aliens and uh, creatures, you know, taking over the Earth or the bodies of people, and that made it very difficult for me to speak out, you know, uh, because these people had this fear. I think uh, these science fiction movies are helping because they're directed more in a positive way and the people become more aware of other dimensions because of the, you know, the people beaming up and down and uh, the different interesting uh, beings that they meet through these programs has made it uh, kind of like laid a path for me that makes it much easier for people to be relaxed in my presence and to accept me as just uh, another being like themselves. And the only difference, of course, is my perception and my awareness. That's, that's really the, um, the main difference in myself and, and you. The more love you give, the more you receive. It's not something that is just limited. It's unlimited. And then you'll feel better about yourself because you're being channeled for something very good. Each of you has the qualifications to be a good channel. Everyone has this energy flowing through them. You only have to be aware of it. You only have to be aware of the force that you are 
and control this. Consciously be aware of how you think. Make an effort to send love and blessings to everything and to be a positive force for the good and for the love that flows from the Creator through you. You're a channel for this energy and you must realize the unique quality of being an individual, the force that you are. And don't forget that you're a jewel and every experience you've had is formed every facet of this unique special jewel which is you. Whether or not you believe some of Omnic's more implausible statements, her message of love and peace is hard to resist. But once again, a metaphysical leap of faith is required to accept its deeper purpose. Yes, I'm trying to bring the history and awareness back to people, the lost knowledge, to prepare them for a transformation that is going to take place because we decided that uh, we would work on many levels to change the earth patterns from one of repeated destruction and rebuilding of civilizations and lost knowledge to one of evolution and even try to regenerate the uh, genetic damage that was done through our technology. And uh, this is something that we're doing, preparing people for the fact that the earth is going into a different frequency and there will be a lot of changes. And if you're aware of the changes, then it's less frightening or less chance of a panic. So this information is very important. It would seem now, more than say 10 years ago, um, with the end of the millennium as we know it <laughs> coming up, there's a lot more interest in, in exactly what you're talking about, a kind of a change, uh, a transformation. Is, is that part of the reason for you to be here at this particular moment? Well, I've been working for years uh, leading up to this, and uh, because the preparations were being made by uh, the people from other planets and other galaxies, then the beings on the other dimensions, they were working toward a remedy for the planet Earth if they could stabilize and prevent polar shifts, if they could repair you know, a lot of damage that was done. So this took a lot of years, and we weren't sure of the outcome. But in 1993, we were sure that it was ab absolutely starting to work, and then we realized that we had to give this information to people to make them aware of what was taking place and that the changes they can expect within their own selves, feelings that will change um, the way the environment will change and your societies will change. And a lot of it has to do with the awareness and the changing of the consciousness of the people, and that can't happen unless they have information. The transformation that's coming, is, is that something that everyone will have to take part in whether they want to or not or whether they believe in it or not? Well, it's happening and people will notice the effects and the, the different feelings in the body, the sounds in the ears, the, the different pains and things that happen. And of course, if, with your technology and then the computer system, it's not set uh, to go into the year 2000. So they're uh, really struggling now to correct this because everything here runs on computers. So there may be uh, a breakdown of your technology. But those who whether you like it or not, the transformation is taking place. If you have information that goes along with it and what to expect, it makes it a lot easier. For those who don't and doesn't want this change to take place, of course, there'll be a lot of panic because they have a lot to lose and a lot of investments in society the way it is. So it depends on the attitude of each individual and what happens, whether they will survive the transformation or not. But those that don't survive it physically, will still be alive in essence as soul and they will be reincarnated here and will be able to adapt in a different way. It's kind of like a recycling system as you might say. But for those of us with the information and knowledge, 
it's important for us to help those that don't know, our friends and people, to explain to them what's happening, give them this information. This is really what it, what's, what's important, is that you're aware that there is something happening and to notice the changes that are taking place. Even in the programs and the movies and everything that's coming out, there is a trend to go toward more spirituality and enlightenment than ever there was before. So when you tell people, yeah, I have uh, different techniques that can help you direct your energy and you can feel this energy. When I tell you that um, I have uh, frequencies and different music that can help to synchronize the brain and to help you have these m remembrances and this, this contact with the other dimensions where you will live when this life is over, this is really inspirational for people. It takes away the fear of death. In some extreme cases, is this a good thing? In April of 1997, 39 members of the cult group Heaven's Gate in California committed suicide, believing they would be beamed aboard a spaceship. But then again, you're listening to so-called authentic UFO recordings from the archives of UFO expert Colonel Wendell C. Stevens, who is researching and attempting to verify Omnic's story. Could the truth really be stranger than fiction? Last night, when I looked out, I saw a great big light in my backyard. And I saw a funny little man with a great big head step out. And he began to say, We have come to tell the leaders of the earth to stop destroying their land. Computer is losing time. And all those things that you've been singing up are causing holes in the atmosphere. And this must stop. I will have to cut all your energy off. And all the lights over the earth will go out. It seems to me that for you to be here and try to, um, <laughs> I want to say teach or give this message to, to people, it, it must be very frustrating at times. I mean, you must get a lot of uh, um, even ridicule and, and, and criticism. And did you ever just think of like, oh, forget this. I, I give up on this race and go back. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, See, we live to be 500, and I'm actually 250 of your years old, which is kind of blows a lot of people's mind. The ridicule and skepticism is ingrained and naturally from your teachings and what you've been, your limited information. And I have to expect this, you know, because it takes a certain amount of time to overcome these kind of structured uh, images that's built into you. And either you can or you cannot overcome it. And it's your choice. And I just give the information and then I have to leave it up to the person whether they accept it or reject it. But either way, it doesn't insult me. It doesn't change what I am. And I have a very good sense of humor. So, you know, uh, it's okay if people look for my antennas or to see if there's something different about me. And hopefully it's, in, it's kind of inspiring if they realize that I'm very much like them. But to change your perspective, see, this is the whole point. And I'm kind of sharing this information because if I set myself up as superior to you, then I'm, I'm actually not fulfilling what I'm trying to teach. So I cannot say that I'm a teacher. I'm saying that uh, I'm just sharing information with you that should have been your information from the beginning. And I have to deal with a lot of uh, 
skeptics and people making fun. I've had them to even do skits before I went on the television, some crazy UFO skit or something, you know, to make me look really weird. They hire psychologists to come on and to evaluate me. So you put through a lot of humiliation. But to me, I think it's kind of comical, you know, that they really go through all this trouble. And I think, well, this is an honor. They really put a lot of effort into it, you know, so I have to look at it this way. So I'm asking you, once again, as a beautiful and unique human being that you are, an individual in your own right, share this information with others. Make it available, just as I have tried to do with you. And I hope that it's beneficial. And I hope that you can retain this information and change your life and become the unique, special human being that you are. I want to close again with the greeting that I gave you in the beginning which means universal love and blessings. Amul Abaktu Baraka Bashad. Putting aside encyclopedia and script, music and effects, I suppose the question that remains is, do I believe Omnic? During her talk in Amsterdam, someone asked her how she could be sure everything she said wasn't all just in her imagination. And she replied, what would be wrong with that? Didn't everything that man created, from a great work of art to a space flight to the moon, exist in his imagination before it became a reality? Our imagination is not only a gift, but also a tool. So do I believe Omnic Onic is from Venus? I'll say this much. I don't disbelieve it. My thanks today to technician Andre Rutkins and music consultant Helen Crow. I'm David Swatling. From Earth, I think, saying thanks for listening.